Good morning. We're continuing Parashat Korah. What happened yesterday was they begin their complaint. Korah, Datan Aviram, On Ben Pelet. Korah is coming from Levi. He's saying, uh, you're taking too much power within the family of Levi. Tatana, Viram, On Ben Pelet are saying, we are Reuven. We should have been the firstborn. As firstborn, we should, you know, have the power. And then there are 250 other people who also joined. Unclear what they were. They seem to be leaders of the, of the people. And they're saying, we were leaders of the people. We should have the power also. So everybody's upset at Moshe. So Moshe goes, so something I didn't point out yesterday, it's very interesting. What was their argument to Moshe? That he took all the power. No, well, well what did they say? What were the exact words that they said? Ki kulam kedoshim uftocham adonai. You're holier than everybody else. Every, everybody in the congregation is holy. Why are you, Why are you making yourselves higher than everybody else? We all stood at Har Sinai and heard the word of God. And then whenever Moshe goes, so what's their argument? Their argument is, step down from your power because we are all holy. Was it not known of how Moshe even came to power? Like Am Yisrael didn't know, how, like Moshe Rabbeinu just came out of nowhere, came back to Mitzrayim, and there was a process, no? I mean, wasn't, wasn't it obvious, or wasn't it well known that it, Moshe it, had the encounter with, the, uh, be, with the burning bush? And I don't know how much that, of that they knew. Really? Because whenever, when, when the text never tells us when they would have heard that, the encounter with the burning bush, because when he first comes, Ben Yisrael hate him. Paro adds yeah, work for life them. Life became life became more difficult. Life becomes more difficult. So, but then, they. When does the Torah say that by Aminu Badulai Moshe Avdo? By the Kriyat Yamsuf. So that's when it seems like they finally, finally said, okay, Moshe is the one. Wow. I mean, there's people that probably didn't even know who Moshe Rabbeinu. They probably didn't even see Moshe Rabbeinu. They probably just see everybody's leaving and there's a process going on, like right? Right. a few million people. Yeah, I, I yeah, you you could say that. They must have known their leader, but anyways, yeah, it's, it's you're right. Oh, you're right. So, so their argument was everybody is holy. So, what is the argument essentially? It seems like a nice argument. Everybody is holy, so we should all be equal. Equality. Right? That's the, the argument they're making. Now, whenever Moshe goes to Korach, what does he say? What does he say uh, to Korach? You know, what's his argument against Korach? Like you're a Levi. You already have some, uh, he said, you're a Levi. You already have some power. Why do you want to become a Kohen as well? But Korach didn't say he wants to become a Kohen. Korach said everybody's holy. Yeah. Korach just asked why Moshe has the power. Moshe right away understood. Right. So that's what you have to notice about the text. Understood. Is right away. Whenever somebody says, we want equality... They don't necessarily mean they want equality. They want the power. It, it may just mean that they want the power. So Moshe isn't speaking to their claim. He's speaking to their motives. Yes. He's speaking to their motives. He understood right away what was... Uh, he understood that this guy isn't motivated by a desire for equality of, of the people. That, for everybody excuse. to be close to God. That wasn't what he was motivated by. 
He was motivated by personal desire for personal power. So Moshe is speaking to that. He says, you're already a Levi. Why are you trying to become a Kohen? I never said that. But that's kind of, that, that's, um, you see it a lot in politics today. People, like, you know, there are a lot of people who say, oh, we want, we want equality. Do they actually want equality? Is there even a point in having the debate about whether, you know, or should you just cut to the chase and say, okay. Yeah, he's telling Korah, like, oh, you're leaving Quiet down, we already have the power. <laughs> no, I he doubt it. I, I I did you ask for equality, Levi? <clears throat> I think he went to the party. I, I don't think Moshe he, is speaking like that. Moshe, at the end of the day, Moshe, Moshe was, has no interest in power. Moshe was also... Uh, Who was saying this? Every, I'm, just, I'm just looking at it from the old country. Right, right. right. Every, every leader in Bnei Israel, most of the great leaders of Bnei Israel, come into leadership out of reluctance, <coughs> meaning they don't want the leadership, which is how it should be. Because in Am Israel, a leader is not, doesn't have any... It doesn't come with any benefits. Oh. It only comes with responsibility. So it's not something that you should want. In, a, in modern society, it comes with benefits. Any politician who goes to Washington comes out rich and famous. That's the benefit. Mm. The, funny, the funniest thing you hear, the, the funniest thing, yeah, somehow they make $10 million on 150000 paycheck. The funniest thing is the, the term public servant. Which they're not. And they're like, I've been in public service for 30 years. I go, oh, public service? Yeah, they're, they're getting money. They're getting money. They're getting paid for it. Saying they're, they're, they're like... Public, public, you did this because you cared for the public. You cared for the honor, for the glory, for the power, for the money. It's all you cared about. That's what 99% of them are. Volunteers, like they yeah. As if they're going into, the, into Washington, D.C. as volunteers. Mm. It's a funny thing. But it seems to be the, the argument Korach is making. Like, as, meaning, in, 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 a yes. in a different vein. Yes. We are all holy. We are all holy. Let's have equality. And Moshe says, okay, you want the power? He knows that what he really wants is power. Okay. Pazuk Tedvav. And then he goes, and by the way, notice how he goes then to Datan and Abiram separately. They all came to Moshe together, saying... It was each one from a separate... Uh, right, but then Moshe sees behind the, the, the catchphrase or, the, or the, what's it, the buzzword, you know. And he says, no, there's a motive here, but the motive is different for each group. So now he tries to approach them separately. Last we, yeah, we did yesterday, Datan and Abiram... Last we did yesterday, Datan and Abiram said to Moshe... No way we're going, we're going to come talk to you. Even if you, even if you gouge out our eyes, we're not going to come. Right. So Moshe gets very upset. So Moshe had already told them that in the morning, God would do a test of the Ketoret. Okay? Yes. So now Moshe goes, he gets very upset and he says to Hashem, please do not even listen to their mincha. Do not accept any of their tefillot. Do not accept any of their tefillot. I have not taken any of their donkeys. Nothing. I have not done anything wrong to even one of them. This is a question I had. Someone sent me an email yesterday. Why is Moshe... He doesn't need to do, uh, doesn't need to do this. Why is he asking for them, for Hashem not to accept their prayer, for their mincha? Because he's a merciful God, so he wanted to make sure that this time... No, because they were not going against Moshe. They were going against Hashem. Hashem chose Moshe. So, Hashem so chose then why... No, that's the question though. So why is Moshe... In this pasuk, Moshe prays to Hashem, please, Hashem, I didn't do anything wrong. Please don't accept their mincha. I'm assuming by saying mincha, by the way, he's referring to the ketoret that they're going to do. Don't accept their ketoret. Or mincha could just mean their tefillot. Right, so with the, with the ketoret, they do tefillot. So don't accept their tefillot. 
What is Moshe scared he's going to lose? Is Moshe scared all of a sudden? Wow. What's, what's, what's going on? And then on the other side, he was out of humility. Maybe, he, maybe he's not sure himself. It could, it could be out of his own humility. It could be that. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what it is. Maybe he feels that he is. Ah, after everything that's going on, and after B'nai Israel have not made it into the land of Israel and are doomed to die in the desert. Maybe there is some self-doubt on Moshe's part. As is this really? I mean, does Hashem even want me here anymore? When 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 he when he falls on his face, him and Aaron in front of the people, meaning he has nobody else that he feels is rallying around him. Maybe he's losing confidence in himself. That, that's from last week. I like it. I like it. But what does that tell you? That the best remedy for lack of confidence is to is to pray. Okay. Pasuk 16. So Moshe then turns to Korach and he says, to Korach, you and your whole congregation come before God. He said it before briefly, now he's going to expand exactly what, what they're going to do. You and your congregation will be before God, you, them, and Aharon tomorrow. Pasuk 17. Now he adds Aaron. Now why tomorrow? Aaron was not in the picture. Right, so he added, added Aaron. Yeah, yeah. yeah, now he adds Aaron. Uh, why why say tomorrow? According to Midrashim, he wanted to give them an opportunity to do teshuvah. Yes. It's a cute, cute idea. Pasuk 17. And each person should take his fire pan. And they should put ketoret on it. And they should approach God, each person, with his fire pan. 250 250 fire pans. So how many total fire pans? 252, no? 250 for the 250 men. Yes. Uh, one, one. one for Korach, one for Aaron. Yes. That's what it seems like. Yes. So, where is he in the picture? Moshe? Mm. Moshe is watching. He's not. He's just setting up the. He's. So, is the, the thing is between Aaron and uh, Korach. Yeah, because Aaron. Moshe isn't allowed to do Ketoret. Moshe has a humility. That's an inter- another, another interesting facet of the story. He has a humility to say, You're com- complaining about my power. I, I'm not even not to do this ketoret, but if you want to try to do it, go ahead and you could compete against Aharon for it. See, it's interesting. You think that he already knows what the result is going to be, but then at the same time, he's also praying that. Yes. I know. It's, 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 a big, always, pr- it's a big always, problem. About Moshe, it's always. It could be that Moshe he, not sure 100%. Praise. And he, he, set up the, he set up the terms and conditions of this. I know. Of this it's so, it's, such a, it's a difficult question. I wish I had a good answer for it. He, know, he knows what's going to happen. Why is he praying so hard? But you know what I'm saying? Maybe that's Moshe's... Like, even if you know that something's going right, you still pray. You always, you always like insecure. Pray. Maybe you made, I made something yeah, wrong. Yeah. Maybe, I made Maybe I did do something wrong. Right. Because Hashem changed. Things can change right. on, on a second. Okay, Pasuk 18. Each person took his fire pan, they put fire on it, and they put ketoret on it. Okay, then they stood there by the entrance of the temple meeting, there with Korach and with Moshe and Aaron. And Korach, he didn't want to make this a private thing. He gathered the whole congregation there. And the whole congregation of God appears to the people. Now, whenever God appears on the scene, remember last time God appeared on the scene? B'nai Israel were about to stone Kalev and Yoshua. Yes. So God always comes at very intense moments, right? So God, when God appears, everybody wakes up. 
So God appears, and now Aliyah Shlishi, Pasuk 20. Hashem says to Moshe, saying, Separate from this entire congregation. Which congregation? Everybody. Yeah, everybody. To everybody. No, everybody. everybody. It says everybody. in Korach got the whole congregation oh. to come and the watch. Whole, the whole, uh, so it says, separate from this congregation and I'm going to destroy them all. So, so Aaron and Moshe, they fall on their faces and they say, God, the master of spirits of every man. What does that mean? Very unusual. No, it has a very specific meaning in, in the Torah. Elohei Ruchot means the God who knows the internal thoughts of man. Who knows what goes on in, inside the person. Their argument is, One man is sinning and you're, gonna, you're going to else. punish everybody. Meaning their argument is, you know who, did it? who, who is, who is internally instigating? in their heart as an instigator and who internally is, is either being swept up with the crowd or just, just, a just a follower or maybe not even really that interested. You know that. So, so why judge, don't judge the you, one that just judge, judge just judge the people who are sinning if you know if you are Elohei Aruchot okay Pesach 23 and Hashem spoke to Moshe saying okay speak to the people saying leave the area of Korach Datan and Avira okay so now it's a little confusing by the way as to how everybody dies in the following part uh, spoiler alert everybody dies but I think we all know that um, this is the neighborhood you showed us yesterday, the little that the thing on the south of the Mishkan area. That had the and, uh, no, no, no. Right now, right now, it. it I, I don't know because it says Misaviv Mishkan Korach. Does that mean they're kind of like the, like the little map you showed us like yesterday? It, but it seems like they were standing by the oil moed. We already know that they're standing by the oil moed. So where where did this all occur? Not sure, okay? But separate yourself from the, from the dwelling of Korach, Tatan, and Aviram. It means that you're not the Olmoed. What? If it's the dwelling of them, it's not the Olmoed. You're right, but it doesn't say they're Ohel. It says they're Mishkan. I mean, it could mean Mishkan just where they're standing. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm really not sure. And Moshe goes to Tatan, and Israel. And the leaders of Bnei Yisrael follow him. Separate yourself from the tents. Okay, so what is tents? Yeah, they're, they're in that area, Adam. They're in the area of Reuven and Levi and Kehat. Okay? This also refers to it as their Kenishta. Kenishta doesn't necessarily mean... I don't, I don't know. I don't where, know. They, where they live. Where they, the tents yeah, are. Yeah, but right? here, here it's the tent. The the more, the the he goes with the leaders of Bnei Israel who seem to now be following Moshe. Yes. So Sadele, Moshe... Sadele, so Hashem came and... Uh, I guess so. They I guess wake so. up. They, hey, they woke up. So now all of a sudden Moshe is going with the entourage yeah. and he's announcing with the leaders behind him, separate yourself from the, the tent of Datan and Abiram. And don't touch anything of theirs, lest you die with their sins. Now, I'm trying to understand the following. There are three groups. There's Korach, Datan Naviram, and the 250 men. Korach, it's not explicitly said how he dies. Because we do know that Korach had a fire pan. Yes. But we also know that when Hashem told him to separate from Datan Naviram, he includes Korach. But now, if you look at this pasuk, Moshe goes to Bnei Yisrael and says to them, 
separate from who, whose tent? From uh, Datan Naviram. Just Datan Naviram, not Korach. So I don't know, it's hard, it's, try to find out when Korach dies in the mix of all of this. It's hard to tell. Okay? It's very hard to see it. But Datan Naviram are, all of Bnei Israel are being told to separate from Datan and Aviram. Yes. And now that Datan and Aviram, uh, and that could also be because Datan and Aviram are in Reuven, Bnei Israel actually live there. Bnei Israel don't live next to Korach. So there's no, nobody lives next to his tent. It's only the tribe of Levi. Okay? So Pasuk 27 so everybody leaves the Tan Aviram's area around. And they're standing up strong outside their tent with their wives, with their children. These people have these people are rotten people. Yes. twenty-eight. Moshe now says, This is how you know that God has sent me. To do all these things for it was not my own idea. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't make any of these mitzvot. I didn't make any of these things. If these people die a normal death and they just die, they live normal lives and they die, then Hashem is not sending But if God makes a creation and then the land opens its mouth and it eats them up, and they go into the depths. In while alive, you'll know that these people have disgusted God. And it was when he finished speaking all of these things, the land opened under them. All their assets. All their assets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it goes and it swallows. Now it swallows whom? It, it swallows. It's all Datan Aviram. Yes. And Kol Haadam Asher LeKorach. Is Korach included in Kol Haadam? We don't know. I don't know, but I, I, let's say it is. But on the other hand, he said, "Yes, the sun survived because the sun is the sun the survive, the the sun can, where with Korach." This, yeah, it is. It, ah, it's a So I say Kol Haadam Asher LeKorach. I think it means I think is included in that. Personally, I think Korach is included in that. Yeah, but I'm saying but it, the sons also be included. No, no, no. The sons apparently. Uh, the according to the according for we have to we have to understand how it's possible that Korach had descendants. We know from later in Tanakh that Korach, that Shemuel was a descendant of Korach. Yes. So I think part of the midrash is explaining if all of their families perished in this thing. Then Korach shouldn't have had any descendants. So how does Shmuel come from him? So it must be that there's. Oh yeah, it does say that. What am I saying? It says it explicitly. It says later in the Torah. Yeah, yeah. But but uh, that that's that that's the midrash, right? <laughs> that's for the midrash. You don't even have to go as far as Shmuel. You have to go as far as that that pasuk in the Torah. It says of Korach lomentu. Okay, pasuk thirty-three. They go them and all of their. Uh, Everything that they had went into the depths. The land covered them and they, they perished from within the, uh, the kahal. And everybody, all of Israel that was around them, they, they ran away from the sound of it. Because they were afraid that the land would swallow them up. And a fire went from God. And it ate oh, the 250 men who brought the ketoret. Yeah. So, Fire. No, fire, the same way Datan Nadav and Aviyudah. The 250 didn't get swallowed into the ground. No, no, no. no, no. They, they were okay, so they the, the, the swallowing uh, in the ground was for Korach, Datan Nadav, yes. according to the Peshat. 
and not for the Bnei Korach, which we see later in the Torah. The, the fire fan people. So, so we have it. We have, I think it's clear. I think it's clear. It's not. It's not as uh, opaque as I was saying at the outset. Now that I'm reading it again, Korach seems to die with the Tan Aviram by getting swallowed up, and the 250 men, because there were 252 fire pans, right? The 250 men who were just the Nasim people, they all died getting singed by the fire. Yes. And then, and then the only people, and Bnei Israel all were able to flee. Same as, same okay. as the sons of Haram. All right. Baruch Adonai Yes.